I'm lead pastor Noel Petras, and welcome to the Exeter Valley Church podcast. Our church plant started in 2021 with the goal of seeing God's kingdom extended in our hometown. If you're curious about Jesus, looking for a home in the family of God, or feel called to be a part of a kingdom expansion in Exeter, California, we'd love to have you join us Sundays at 9.30 a.m. in the Veterans Memorial Building at 324 North Cahuilla Avenue. For more information, head on over to www.exetervalleychurch.com or find us on social media. Thanks for listening. Have you heard the phrase, Jesus is the reason for the season? I mean, it's true, but it can become a bit uh, cliche, uh, can't it? Well, for those of you uh, that have been with us in this last month, you know that we've been taking a look at the Christmas story with an eye for what it shows us about worship. And in fact, I've been saying that the the Christmas story is actually a worship story. And today, as we end the season of Advent and prepare to receive our King on Christmas Day, I want to talk about how Christ is not only the reason for the season— but the reason for our worship. You know, a football coach uh, once told me about the importance of knowing your why. You might remember I said that he, he told me that your why should make you cry. And now, now Christmas isn't always a time for crying, uh, but, it, but it can be for some of us. And it's most certainly a time for feeling and connecting our hearts to our heads. And this morning, I want us all to remember that Jesus is the reason for the season, and he's also the why that connects our hearts to worship. Now, over these last few weeks, I've been reading the Christmas story over and over again. In fact, I highly recommend it. I found so much, so much depth in the Christmas story. You can can find it in, in Luke, the Gospel of Luke chapter 1 and 2. You can find it in Matthew's gospel, chapters 1 and 2, and then the gospel of John, chapter 1. But anyways, today I wanted to focus on a specific part of that Christmas story. It's actually the response of the shepherds. Now, uh, we've talked about the shepherds already. If you remember, we lit a candle called the shepherd's candle as part of our Advent season. And that, that candle also, incidentally, represents joy. So the shepherd's candle represents joy. And I want to talk about the joyful response, the worshipful response of the shepherds in the Christmas story. So in the gospel of Luke chapter two, we learn that once the shepherds had seen the baby Jesus, they ran all over town telling people about him. And then when they returned to their lives, it says that they were glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen. See what I mean? The Christmas story is a worship story. And once you've seen it for what it is, like these shepherds, your heart will leap for joy, praising God for what he has done. And so it's my desire today that as we look to Christ and the meaning of Christ's birth, our hearts will be turned to joy. Now, maybe what I'm about to say is obvious to some of you, but as I prepared this week, 
I found out more about the context for the Christmas story, a little bit of backstory, if you will. And, and what I found, it added so much depth to the story and to why the shepherds were so filled with worship that I wanted to share it with you. So check this out. So where was Jesus born? And we probably know, most of us know that Jesus was born in Bethlehem. In fact, we even had a candle in the Advent season that represented Bethlehem. So yes, Jesus was born in Bethlehem, but did you know that he was actually born at a very specific place in Bethlehem called the Tower of the Flock? In Hebrew, that's Migdal Eder, the Tower of the Flock. Now, where do I get this? Well, it's actually from a very obscure prophecy in the book of Micah, chapter four, verse eight. It says this, and you, O tower of the flock, hill of the daughter of Zion, to you shall come. The former dominion shall come, kingship for the daughter of Jerusalem. So centuries before in the book of Micah, we were told that Jesus would be born at the tower of the flock. So what's the significance of the tower of the flock? Okay. Jesus was born in Bethlehem at this place called the tower of the flock. Well, the tower of the flock is the site where shepherds of the priestly order. So these were Levitical priests who had the role of shepherding. It's the place where these shepherds would have identified baby lambs as acceptable for the annual Passover sacrifice. So remember, what is the Passover sacrifice? Some of you know, some of you maybe don't know. That's okay. I'm about to explain it so that we understand why it connects. Well, well, you remember in the book of Exodus, right? Moses was leading the people of Israel out of Egypt. And, and he brought all these plagues against Egypt. And yet Pharaoh still would not relent. Pharaoh was holding on to his people. And so finally, God says, there's going to be one last plague. I'm going to take the firstborn from every home in Egypt unless you do this thing. And so people commands his people to take an unblemished lamb and sacrifice it and spread the blood of that lamb over the doorpost so that when the Lord comes in the night to take the firstborn, he will pass over the homes of those who've been obedient to him and followed his commands. So in this, uh, in this final plague, this is what happens. God hovers over all the homes of Egypt. He kills every firstborn unless that home had spread the blood from an unblemished lamb over its doorposts. And this event led to the eventual exile of God's people from Egypt. They were delivered as a result of this event. And this event came to be known as the Passover because God passed over the homes of the faithful Israelites who had followed his orders. So God's people had been celebrating this event, this Passover event for centuries since the time of Moses. They would celebrate this event in order to remember how God had been their deliverer, how he had saved them from bondage at the hands of Pharaoh. So. Jesus was born at this specific site in Bethlehem where these Passover lambs were identified. Now get this, at this site, the tower of the flock, when a lamb was born that was without blemish or spot, 
perfect, no bruises, no spots. When a perfect lamb was born, the shepherds at this site would wrap the baby lamb in cloths and lie it in a manger full of soft hay so that it would not get hurt or blemished until the time for the Passover sacrifice. See, they knew that the Passover sacrifice required a perfect lamb. You see where I'm going with this? So these shepherds in the Christmas story, they hear about the birth of the Messiah from these angels, and they know exactly where they should go to see the baby who's been wrapped in claws and is lying in a manger. Imagine their joy when they show up to the tower of the flocks and find Jesus lying in the manger, just like the Passover lambs they had shepherded. Now, one last thing. In John 1, we read about a man named John the Baptizer who came into the world preparing the way of the Lord. Well, do you know what John called Jesus the first time he saw him as an adult? In Luke chapter 1, we see John looking at Jesus and proclaiming, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Look, here's the point. Jesus is the reason for the season, and he's the reason that we worship. Why? Because he came from God, Emmanuel, God with us. And he came to take away the sins of the world. Now, for many of us, much of the time, it can be hard to see ourselves as being so sinful that we would need someone to die on our behalf. But the Bible actually teaches that that's the case. In fact, in Romans, the Apostle Paul says that without Jesus, we are dead in our trespasses. See, the reality of the Christmas story is that we're not just bad. We're not just imperfect. We're actually dead in our trespasses, dead in our sin, dead in darkness. So here it is. Here's the good news. The good news that follows up the bad news of our own reality. Jesus Christ, a baby in a manger wrapped in swaddling claws, is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Isn't this incredible? This is the reason the shepherds responded with such joy, with such worship. worship. See, even on your best day, when you're getting it right and you're, and you're feeling far from your sin, you have to admit this world can be dark and hopeless, can't it? I mean, there's evil all around us. The results of sin are all around us. Political evil, death, degeneration, disease, enmity between one another, abuse, neglect, divorce, murder, da-da, da-da, da-da. On and on and on, the list goes. You know what I mean. This world can be a dark place, a place in desperate need of deliverance. Listen again to one of the opening lines of the Gospel of John, verse 4. In him, Jesus, was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness cannot overcome it. See, the good news of Christmas is that Jesus Christ is the light of the world. The light no darkness can overcome. 
Is this not an incredible reason to worship? How about that for the reason for the Christmas season? Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that you uh, came into the darkness to bring light and to make a way for us to be in relationship with you, Lord. And this morning, God, we pray that as we read again your story, that our hearts would be drawn to worship you, Lord. It's in the name of Jesus, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world, we pray. Amen. Hey, hey, it's Pastor Noel again. Just wanted to say thanks so much for joining us here at the Extra Valley Church Podcast. And don't be afraid to join us in person on a Sunday morning, 9.30 a.m. at the Exeter Memorial Building.